Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Indie Elixir podcast. My name is Carter Bryden, and in this podcast, I talk about my side projects and indie projects that are built using the Elixir programming language. So this week, I wanted to talk about my latest project, Approximated.app. And what I've been working on lately with that is some new CDN features. So what Approximated does, if you weren't around for the last episode, is it basically provides an API for managing custom domains and subdomains and routing those to wherever you need to. So for instance, if you have a SaaS app and you have users that need their own subdomain for each user, or you want to let them connect their own custom domain to maybe a project of theirs, or maybe you generate websites for them, whatever it might be, you need to have that route to the proper place. And normally you would have to build that out. You'd have to automate managing a bunch of virtual hosts. And it's just a lot of work to get that going on your own. And there's a lot of pitfalls that you can fall into. So with this API, Approximated will spin up virtual host servers using Caddy v2. So if you're not sure what that is, just Google Caddy v2. And it's basically an alternative to Apache and Nginx and, and some of those others that has a lot of really nice modern features. And it'll control and manage that Caddy instance for you, create virtual hosts for you, create SSL certificates on demand, just a bunch of things like that that makes it really easy. And it's just one API call for you and one flat rate price-wise. So the issue with that and you know the, the biggest request that I've gotten from my users is that those reverse proxy servers, which are what gets spun up by Approximated every time there's a new user, you would have a reverse proxy server and that's what sends the request to the right place. So requests have to go through that. And so if you have someone who's, for instance, in Asia and your reverse proxy server is in let's say New York, just the natural latency behind that can can be higher than we want. Now, it's not terribly high. I think the highest I've seen is about 250 milliseconds, which is not too bad in my books, but for some people that's just totally unacceptable. And so for the people who have users all over the world and you know, really being performant is really important to them, I don't want them to have to use approximated and then also figure out their own CDN solution because they basically would have to re-implement approximated all over again in some ways. And it gets really hard. And we don't want them to have to tell their users that, okay, now you have to go and hook up your own CDN on top of my service as well. So I've been trying to figure out how can I offer these CDN features and basically make everything have low latency, cache things at the edge when we can, and just generally speed things up. So with that, I've been diving into, you know, just how do CDNs work and how can we do that quickly? And one of the things that I found is that it's a really hard problem. So the way that DNS works is if you have an Apex domain like something.com, you know, with no subdomain on it or anything else, then that has to be pointed using an A record at an IP address. It can't be pointed at another host name. It can't be pointed at a URL. It has to be pointed at an IP address. And it's difficult to find any kind of provider or anything out there that will have an IP address that can go to different servers depending on where that request is coming from. So that's called Anycast. And so Anycast is like this 
I guess the latest kind of thing in in DNS where somehow DNS servers work together to route these requests really, really quickly to wherever they they need to go. Now, when I looked into this, I was thinking, well, surely there's got to be some provider out there where I can just buy some Anycast IP addresses. There aren't really. So most CDNs like Cloudflare and, and others, they have to set up their own subnet. They have to apply for things with internet authorities. They have to have like all this, all this different stuff. It's about nine steps in total. So it's, it's a lot. And you have to have your own infrastructure, all this stuff to manage it. And that seemed pretty out of reach for me just as an indie developer. It's like, I don't know how to get my own subnet and how to apply to all these things. And I don't really want to have to do all of that. It seems just like a, a larger endeavor than than I should be getting into as an, an indie dev here. And so I was looking for providers where I could I could buy that from. I couldn't really find any. I was looking at DNS providers, you know, that they'll have any cast. But really a lot of the time what they're talking about is they'll have any cast for their DNS servers, but not any casting to any server I want them to. And so I I looked at that for a while and then I kind of changed tracks and thought, okay, well maybe I can just integrate with like an existing CDN. So I looked at Cloudflare, you know, as the first option. And the way that they work is, first of all, anyone who had a custom domain, like an Apex one, would have to change their name servers to Cloudflare, which really doesn't work very well for my use case because, you know, my customers have their own users. So their users are supposed to point their name servers at my Cloudflare name servers. Like it gets very convoluted and, and, you know, I'd have to start building them admin control panels so they could update their own DNS records. And it just gets very kind of crazy very quickly. So I looked at some other providers. One of them is bunny.net and they have a good API. Their pricing makes sense for me, but the biggest issue is that they only work with C names. So I could potentially, you know, work with their team. They said that I, I could, you know, point something point my name servers at theirs and they could set it up. But there was no real way for someone to point an A record for an Apex domain at theirs and have it work. It, it could only really work with C names. Now, some DNS providers will let you use something called an alias record, which is like you could take an Apex record, point it at something in the same way you would with a C name, which lets you po- point at any host name. So you could point something.com at something else.com and you know it would load that as if they were the same website. Not a redirect, nothing like that. Like it would just load it as if something.com was the exact same URL as something else.com. But not every DNS provider has that. And that kind of apparently doesn't work very well with a lot of the geolocation, anycast stuff that you'd need to do to make this work. So yeah, I kind of turned away from the idea of using BunnyNet, even though it seems like it would work quite well for my use case for the most part, at least for subdomains. But everything else, you know, like it's really important that people can use custom domains with this. Like that's one of the biggest benefits. And, you know, making something that much more difficult or it might even be impossible to do that with BunnyNet, I'm not sure, you know, it was kind of a deal breaker. So I started looking at uh, Route 53 on Amazon and they can do like region-based DNS records, but I would still have to have people point their name servers at my Route 53 name servers. 
And so again, it's the same problem where, you know, my customers would have to tell their users to point their name servers at my DNS records or their my name servers on Route 53. And then I would have to provide them with some kind of control panel to update their records if they needed to update something else, like an MX record, for instance, for email. So I really don't want to do that. That sounds like a huge pain and just doesn't seem like a good option. So I've been looking around. I, I haven't been able to find anywhere where I can just buy an Anycast IP address, but I did find a service called fly.io. And so they seem very new and very modern. And their whole thing is that why host in one location? Everything should be globally distributed. And they actually do have Anycast IP addresses. They just have to be connected to one of their VMs somewhere. And so that's something I'm looking at. They only work with Docker containers. So I'm right now I'm trying to come up with, you know, like a good caddy image for me to spin up. And then probably what I'll do is I'll spin up three or four smaller instances of these caddy servers that all share one storage for all the virtual hosts that they'll have to create and for all the SSL certificates that they generate so that if one of them generates an SSL certificate, they all have it. So if someone in Asia makes a request, they'll get the same SSL certificate as someone requesting in North America. And it's just a lot more efficient because there are, technically there are limits on using things like Let's Encrypt that are actually quite low. And for a use case like this would almost make it untenable. Luckily, Caddy does some smart things with that, uses multiple CAs or whatever it is that validates those. So it's not just Let's Encrypt. They also use zero SSL, which has far fewer restrictions. And at the end of the day, I, was, I basically am able to get nearly unlimited SSL certs with, with basically very, very little or no rate limiting, which is important to my use case. So yeah, what I, what I would be doing is I would be spinning up three or four of those, putting them on fly.io. And that way, any request that gets sent to those gets globally distributed to the right place, geolocated. I am kind of struggling right now trying to create this Docker image that's going to do everything I need. I'm also not really sure if Fly can actually support like the SSH stuff that I need to use. So right now, I'm not running any extra software besides Caddy on these uh, reverse proxy servers. So what Approximated does is it actually does these little SSH connections and manages them with that, uh, which has been really pragmatic and efficient and has worked really well so far. I haven't run into any issues with it. I don't know if you can actually do that on Fly VMs though. So I'll have to see how that works. I might have to have an image that actually includes the SSH stuff or figure out some other way. The other thing is Fly doesn't really seem to have like a documented published API yet. They have their command line tool, which is really good, but I don't necessarily want to use a command line tool from my app. Like that doesn't seem like the best way to automate things. So I'm hoping they publish more of that because they've published some of it, but not all of it. So that's kind of why I've been working on that stuff. I think it's going to work out with this, but there's definitely still some work to be done to figure out how to make this work with Fly.io. And honestly, I, I don't really know of any other way to do this right now that would be reasonable for me. I can't buy any cast IP addresses from anywhere, it seems like. Geolocated DNS that will take 
an IP address and point it to the proper server that's nearest the requester just doesn't really seem to exist anywhere, or at least it doesn't seem to exist in a way where I can just do that with an IP address. I have to have the domain under the name server's control of the provider. So like DNS simple uh, or DN simple, I guess is what they're called. I tried looking to them because they, they mention Anycast in their features. But again, that's just for any casting to the nearest DNS server, not to the nearest app server, which is different. So it's it's been kind of like a, a winding road for me to figure this stuff out. And so besides that, which has taken up most of my time, I'm also working on some of the URL monitoring for this. So one of the things that I need to do when someone uh, wants to create a subdomain or something like that is I spin up a URL monitor to basically check and see, you know, is the certificate for it up? Is it actually resolving where it should be? Is the DNS pointed properly? Because one of the things is, you know, let's say the SaaS app spins up a subdomain for a person, or actually let's say it spins up a custom domain for someone. So, you know, their their SaaS app is generating a website for someone and that user has said, okay, I want to use, you know, myapp.com to point at this website that you've generated for me. But they haven't pointed their DNS yet. So my URL monitors basically need to be able to check and make sure is the DNS pointed properly? If it looks like it is, are we able to resolve the thing we're supposed to be able to resolve? Is the SSL cert up and you know when's it expiring? Has anything gone wrong with that? Do we need to alert anyone? And just generally monitors uptime as well. And so this is really important because if we don't do that, then it's very hard to explain to our customers what's going on. So, you know, they might say, okay, well, you know, I hit your API. It says that it's spun up this subdomain, but it's not resolving. And that might be because they didn't set up their DNS properly. Or if it was a custom domain, maybe their user hasn't pointed their DNS yet, or it hasn't propagated. They might have set up their app wrong to for accepting that request at the end. So you have to set up your app to check the host from the request and and you know load up the right data or whatever you need to do with that for that specific URL. So all kinds of things can go wrong. So we need to be able to tell them what might be going on with this, so they can debug it, or so they can pass on that information to their users. You know. Well, it looks like your DNS isn't pointed. So here's what you can do. Once that's pointed, you know, we'll give them the, you know, the thumbs up, the, the check mark, everything's all good. And they can tell that to their user as well. So the problems with that so far are that DNS checks might be obscured. So if someone has their name servers on Cloudflare or it's going through a reverse proxy already, when I do a DNS check, and so the way I do that is I use the Erlang library for SSL certs and and DNS checking. There's there's a couple of libraries for that. And the one I use, it'll give me back basically like DNS records for the A record and C name and things like that. But they if what they're getting back is just, you know, Cloudflare's DNS, then I can't really tell just by that whether it's getting through or not. So what I'm working on right now is is returning a specific header that would you know, if it if it gets through to approximated's reverse proxy server for that that person, it'll add in an extra header so that the URL monitor can kind of check that and say like, okay, so we got this header, so we know it's hitting the reverse proxy server at the very least. 
And then I'm trying to build in some features that will actually check the end result and, and compare them. So that one's a little bit tricky because things could be handled differently depending on, you know, like if, if they have it pointed at a URL, but they handle it differently depending on what the host is in the request, I can't necessarily know ahead of time what it should actually be returning. And we can only do that once the request properly comes through. So there's, there's a few things that make that more difficult, but the first good step is, is having the header added in there for the reverse proxy. And then after that, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can do kind of comparing what we would expect a successful request to that endpoint to be and what we're actually getting back. So, I mean, if we're getting back like a 500 or we're getting back, you know, like basically something saying like, like this isn't resolving or this doesn't exist, you know, that's a little bit easier to understand. But if it's sending something back that looks like a proper response, but it's just the wrong content or the wrong response, that's a little more difficult to to figure out. So I, I'm kind of working through that right now. That stuff's all been going really well. I've been putting off setting up like Stripe or payment integrations for the app. Mostly I'm just, I'm just spinning up Stripe subscriptions when people sign up. I haven't set up any of the automation to create the reverse proxy servers. I just do that when someone signs up manually right now. So they they tell me they want to sign up. I create them an account. I spin up a reverse proxy server for them. You know, ideally this would all happen when they when someone registers. It would just do that for them once they've paid, spin that stuff up and all that. But I've just been doing that because it really only takes a couple of minutes for me and and right now that's that's just kind of the scale I'm at. Like that stuff's not as important as figuring out like global distribution and geolocating those requests and, and that kind of stuff I talked about before. Otherwise, everything's been going really pretty well with this stuff. People seem to be liking it. This is one of the first projects I've had where it seems like people are looking for it as much as I'm trying to get people to use it. You know, before in other projects, I feel like I'm I'm it's an uphill battle trying to get people to realize that like maybe they need that product or that service. But this one, like people are looking for it and, you know, my existing users are sending those people my way when they see that. Like a lot of the time I'll see someone asking on Twitter, you know, what's the easiest way to set up subdomains for my users in my app? And someone will respond saying, oh yeah, I think, you know, I think someone else uses approximated, you know, check them out and then they'll send them my way, which has been really really very cool. I think that's probably everything I have for this week right now. I've just been deep diving into the C CDN stuff. So it's been less development and more research lately. Hopefully by next week, I can have something like a prototype up and running on Fly, uh, fly.io that is. And I can kind of go from there. It would be really cool if I could get that going because it just seems like it's so suited for this kind of project. You know, like they have, they can do really small instances, uh, that are globally distributed. And the thing is like, if I have three or four instances globally, then, you know, the number of requests to each one are going to be fewer. And so they probably really don't need very many resources. I mean, reverse proxying already uses very few resources of the VM just by its nature, because it's really just passing data through. It does have bandwidth limits or, or not bandwidth limits, but you have to pay for bandwidth and it's lower quite a bit lower than I would like before you have to start paying. So that's something I'll have to stay on top of so that I don't get like burned really bad with someone who has, you know, a user who's, you know, 
subdomain or something gets a ton of traffic and then just like destroys my my bill with that but you know i don't think it'll be too much of an issue judging by the traffic on on the other things like it's it's should be well within reason so we'll see how that works out and yeah i think i'll leave that here for now it's been good talking to you again and i'll see you next time bye